You ready? Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Gray. This show, Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began as a calling for me. After four decades of running a small business, I felt I had something to share. I wanted to create a platform for not just me, but other business owners and successful people to pay forward their experiential knowledge in a conversational way. My guest today is Arkansas's well-known and beloved master gardener, Miss Janet Carson. Since the year of her graduation from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville in 1980, she has been working at a breakneck pace to educate and inform the public about agriculture and horticulture in Arkansas. In 2018, Janet retired from her day job at the Cooperative Extension Services, but not from her passion for gardening. She still writes her weekly column for the Democrat Gazette and other publications, has radio and TV appearances, and today has founded a company, Plan It Janet, where she takes vacationers on garden tours around the world and blogs about it. She recently took a group to Europe, and this fall she'll be chaperoning a trip to Canada, and I think she said she has a few slots left. She has some great trips already planned for next year we're going to talk about. And if you have been through or heard about the Master Gardener Program of Arkansas, you can thank Janet, who founded it in 1988 and has grown it from four counties to a statewide educational offering. It is a pleasure and a privilege to welcome to the table the hardworking, gifted gardener, author, orator, educator, visionary, and now entrepreneur, Miss Janet Carson. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, It sounds like you always knew you wanted to grow up to be a gardener because your first job out of college was at the Cooperative Extension Office where you worked for 33 years and never changed jobs. That's unusual. 38 and a half years. Oh, pardon me. 38 and a half years. And, And that's unusual. Well, you know, when you start college, they say that very few people start and end in the program they start with. And I did that as well. So I guess I don't like change. But I started, (laughs) majored in horticulture. And when I got ready to graduate, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to stay in Little Rock. um, And so I started putting feelers out. And one of my professors said, Janet, Extension needs you. And I said, but I don't want to live anywhere but Little Rock. And I don't want to do anything but horticulture. And so I was hired as the first female female agricultural agent in Arkansas, and I was the first horticulture-only agent in Arkansas, So, um, and they hired me for Little Rock. So I had a dream job. You know, I kind of did my own thing. I answered a lot of questions, started doing radio shows, started doing TV, started doing newspaper, and I did that for about 12 years, and then I got my master's degree, and I moved over to the state level, and then I started covering the whole state. So I did that for the rest of my career, and I, I retired January the 3rd of this year, so a few days oh, into so 2019. 2018. It was actually 2019. Well, I, I left work the end of 2018, but 
our, my official date was January 3rd. So you thought if you took a job at the cooperative extension offices that you wouldn't be able to be in Little Rock because it's usually an agricultural position. You thought well, you'd be out in farm country. Usually when you apply, you don't say, I only want to go to Little Rock. You know, there's 75 counties, so there's positions all over the state. And you apply for extension and they put you where they think the best fit is. And I put on my application, I only want to go in Little Rock. And so I figured that was a... I know, no, but I got hired, and the rest is history. Were you a great student? I was a fairly good student. I wouldn't say great. I mean, I made all A's and B's, but, uh, you know, I, I had fun, too. Why did they break the mold for you? Why did they, Why did they? this 22-year-old A-B student that only wants to live in Little Rock, that comes with a set of rules and wants to work in horticulture, go, okay, let's hire the first woman and put in the first department? What was there special about you? Well, you know, I got to think that I was in the right place at the right time and mm. somebody was looking out for me. But um, I've been blessed. You know, I've as far as jobs go, I've only had two interviews my whole career. You know, that first one and I got the job. And then when I decided to go to the state level, I went over and talked with the director and that's it. So, I mean, it was a, a pretty easy ride for me. But I think part of it was I did have very good references with the horticulture department at Fayetteville. Um, one of the, In fact, Teddy Morlock, who's passed away, he was the one who said, Janet, you need to do this. They need this position. And if you think back to the 80s, you know, when I majored in horticulture at Fayetteville, it was a huge department. And my degree was in urban horticulture and landscape design. You know, today there's, I don't know how many students in horticulture culture i'm going to guess and say maybe a hundred in the whole department and that may be high you mean there's less today oh way less but that was the the heyday i mean we had hundreds in horticulture then i mean our classes were 80 to 100 people why 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 the shift well i think part of it was horticulture was really popular back then and it is now but it was um nurseries were growing landscaping think about landscaping back in the 60s and 70s you had a few shrubs you had a few bushes think about the number of perennials today mm-hmm. you know if you think back to the 50s and 60s you could find peonies and hostas and daylilies you know some irises azaleas and now there's thousands of choices and the industry is booming but in fact for you know the big trend now in horticulture is grow your own you know vegetables everything about you know eating locally and and farmers markets and community gardens so that trend in fact i've been saying now for four or five or six years that we have more vegetable gardens today than we did since the victory gardens of world war ii because people are growing their own i would have guessed that that would mean that we have more horticulture majors because of just what you said Part of it probably goes back to money as well. You're not going to get rich overnight in horticulture. And, you know, a lot of students today major in careers that they think they can make a lot of money at doing not a whole lot. I mean, and that's a, ta- mm-hmm. that's a tacky statement maybe. But, I, I mean, horticulture, you know, I didn't start off. In fact, the first job I got with Extension, I made $13,000 mm-hmm. a year. And my dad worked for the telephone company, and he said, Janet, are there men with families that have that salary? <laughs> he, he had secretaries making more money than I was, and I had a degree. You know, he was kind of stunned. But if you stick with something you love, in fact, I've told my children, it's not about the money. 
it's a because you're going to spend an awful lot of your time in your job and you better find something you love and i did and so i was blessed and so uh, i got rewarded in the long run it was a great run for me and i loved extension i still love extension you can you can get paid and be successful and get paid well at anything if you work hard and you enjoy it and and you won't work hard if you don't enjoy it well and for me it wasn't work you know it Mm -hmm. wasn't like i had to get up and go to you know i know people that were in business that dreaded getting up and they loved the minute they could get off work Mm -hmm. that was never me and that's not like you know and for me that's why i traveled so much because i never said no well we're americans we have choices we don't have to do that if we don't want to so i think that's great advice for everybody what's the difference between agriculture and horticulture horticulture is division of agriculture um and I would always say that in, in Arkansas, probably horticulture is the stepchild to agriculture. Because if you think we're a very agricultural state, mm-hmm. but if you think we're rice and soybeans and cotton and then wheat, and then you've got livestock and poultry. And horticulture was the fluff, you know, the ornamentals, which was more my major, and um, vegetables and stuff. And we don't have huge commercial production of fruits and vegetables in Arkansas. You know, we used to have more commercial production. Now, I would say when you look at commercial production of the fruits and vegetables, you're looking still smaller acreage. You're doing things for local markets. You've got the farmer's markets, that type of thing. But I do think the sustainable divisions of horticulture are still more popular. You know, there's a lot of young people today that want to save the world. And that's a great way to go into that for, you know, for that very reason. Mm -hmm. It is a great way. So when you were young, did you garden when you were young? We always had a garden, not a vegetable garden. I grew up in St. Louis. You know, I was a city girl. So you're not from Arkansas? No. Well, then how come you wanted to live in Little Rock? I moved here when I was in high school and absolutely hated it. I came from St. Louis. I was in 10th grade. Um... All my friends were getting cars. I had a boyfriend back there, and I moved here to where I didn't know anybody. And, I mean, we moved my entire childhood. My dad was at the telephone company. We moved every two to three years. And it never bothered me because I'm somewhat outgoing. I can talk to a wall. But when you got in high school, you know, that's a little bit – I hated it. And all I said to my dad was – as soon as I'm out of high school, I'm going back to Missouri and I'm going to Mizzou and I'm never staying here. And then by the junior year, senior year of high school, things started clicking. I visited colleges all over. My sister went to Baylor and I looked at that, but they didn't have horticulture. They had botany, but they didn't have horticulture. And I looked at Southwestern and they didn't have horticulture and I went to Fayette and I loved it. And so, and now I am the biggest proponent of Little Rock that there is. I think Arkansas is one of the best kept secrets and Little Rock even more. So I wouldn't live anywhere else. Ned Permy was on last week and he said the exact same thing. I was, I, it's wonderful. And, you know, my husband is native, born and raised. When we first got married, he said, well, Janet, I think we ought to move. And I said, well, I don't think so. I've moved enough in my lifetime. I don't. I love it here. You know, hearing that your dad traveled a lot and you were uprooted and moved around and had to make friends over and over and over, I think that's why you're so likable. You see that all the time, and people that are extremely likable have learned how to make friends and get along with people because they've moved and moved and moved and moved because everybody likes you. Oh, (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Master Gardener and retired Cooperative Extension Specialist Janet Carson, founder of Planet Janet, Trip Advisor is what I like to call it, and Garden Guide Agent with a blog you've retired i have what's it like after life you know, after i thought that? i would like it i didn't know i would love it um <laughs> you know I, I really do it's fun and my daughter said you know mom i thought retired people stayed home 
and I don't, you know, I may, but I said, no, you get to do what you want to do. You know, you're not tied to a, a schedule. And, you know, I used to live by a calendar. You know, if I lost that calendar, we were in trouble. But, you know, now I can get up. I mean, I still get up at six every morning, mm-hmm. but um, I have time to spend in my own garden. I've done a lot of trips just for myself. You know, it was funny. We went, a friend and I were going to go where it was warm in February, our first girls trip. So we chose Phoenix. It was freezing and it rained the whole time we were there. <laughs> then I went to the beach. Same thing, cold and wet in March. So, but we did. We hit a home run with England. We had great weather over there. Yes. So let's tell our listeners what you're doing now. With uh, you planned a trip, your first trip after being retired. You've been on a lot of trips with the Cooperative Extensions offices. Well, we started when the Master Gardener program started back in 1988. In 1989, we started our first trip. We went on a long weekend to St. Louis for the um, Master Gardeners. For the Master Gardeners, mm-hmm. and so we tried to do at least one trip a year. And so it ended up. So as soon as we graduated the first class, I had my daughter. So. 10 days after the first class graduated, Katie was born. And so some of the people in that first class were like, okay, so when are we going to England and the Chelsea Flower Show? And I said, I just had a baby. We have to wait 10 years. And so they held me to it. And in 10 years, so in 1998, I took 40 master gardeners to the Chelsea Flower Show in England. And so, and we would do an international trip about every three or four years, but we did um, a trip in the United States on the other years. And these trips are not just vacations you go i mean we do a lot of walking in fact this last one we averaged five to six miles a day Uh, we covered 14 gardens the chelsea flower show windsor castle oxford and kew gardens in 11 days so it was a jam-packed trip but we do a lot with gardens and especially when i was working for extension they were a hundred percent educational and a hundred percent horticulture now that i'm retired Maybe not so much. I mean, we'll try to still do a lot of gardening things because that's my my people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we'll also do anything that's food related, like we're doing this Canada trip. There's we're going to a maple syrup place where they actually tap the trees and and make maple syrup. And I say syrup, not syrup, like everybody down here. Uh, that's Missouriism. Um, we're going to a place where they do cassis. We're What's going that? to uh, it's a liqueur. Oh, mm-hmm. and we're doing a uh, going to a winery. So anything that's food related, I love to cook. Uh, that's those ingredients, anything nature related. So I'm looking at maybe Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons down the road. So nature outside going and doing so we're going to try to do two or three trips a year i've done a lot of group travel uh in the past and so when i retired somebody said are you going to still do it and i said well i'm really good at telling people where to go and what to do and my husband said yes you are (laughs) (laughs) does he go on the trips with you he does sometimes it depends on the schedule but he is not retired so he's got to pick and choose what he can do Mm -hmm. so if people wanted to uh join you and find out about your trips, how would they do it? Well, there's a several ways. For this coming one, I'm doing it with Poe Travel. So they can call Poe Travel or go to their website, uh, and it's on that that site. They can also email me. I, my email address is in the Democrat Gazette every Saturday. Uh, it's J carson at arkansasonline.com and they can email me and say add me to your trip list and so i've started an email group list for travel so when things come up i can send an e-blast we're trying to advertise it in the newspaper as well uh, in my column so i when a, a new trip is coming up i'll try to put it there you know the england trip 
we advertised, of course, last fall when I was still working. So it went out to the Master Gardener Network. And, you know, we have 3,500 Master Gardeners in Arkansas now. So um, that was an easy way. But now people can sign up and, and... I would imagine they'd still let you send it out to the Master Gardener list if you asked. Well, I, I can't decide whether that's kosher or not, so I haven't decided whether Who's I Who's going to do the trips now that you're gone for the Master Gardeners? Well, Gardeners. I don't know that they're going to actually do them. So they'd be grateful if you would do that for them, probably. So maybe they'll still send it out. I'm sure they'd be grateful since they're no longer offering it now that you're... Let's talk about the Master Gardener uh, program that you started. You were had only been at the Cooperative Extension offices for five years when you went to Tulsa. Right. We went... And actually, the, the program, the Master Gardener program, started back in 1972 in Washington State. And the gentleman who founded it is still living, and he still travels around and talks to groups. But uh, he was in a county extension office, and they were getting a ton of consumer horticulture calls. And he said, we need some help. And so he said, I think we can train some some good volunteers to help us out. And his boss said, help us do never, what? Answer the phone? Answer the phones and, and help do community service and outreach. And uh, he's, his boss has said, oh, it'll never work. And here we are, you know, this many years later. And now it's in every state in the United States. There's one state that it's not through the land-grant college, but every other state it's through the land-grant college. Massachusetts, it's through a botanical garden, but it's also in provinces in Canada and now South Korea as well. Wow. So Tulsa had a program. Miss, I mean, Oklahoma did not have a program, but Tulsa had a program. And so four of us went over to visit to see if it was something that would be feasible. When you were in your 20s. Um, I was actually uh, 28, I guess, when we went over there and looked. And because I was 30 when we started it. And uh, we went over there and we decided to, it would work. We came back and we kind of put together the book, borrowed bits and pieces from other states, and we offered the class in 1988 for four counties. It was Pulaski, Celine, Jefferson, and Garland County. You put together a book, like an educational book? They get a huge notebook, but we borrowed from other states and put it together to get it done as quickly as we did. And so we had them out at the 4-H Center. We charged them only $25 to take the class. And so each of our four counties was supposed to take 10 people. Well, I put something in the newspaper in my column 78 people applied for that first class for pulaski county so they let me take 20 people instead of 10 everybody else and some of them didn't even get their 10 so we had about 45 people that took that original class back in 1988 and then after that we started having our program in pulaski county by itself the second year i had 150 apply i mean it was really really rocking i mean people would send in resumes with their application and references of who i could call that could let me know they're a great gardener and you know i didn't care if they were a great gardener you can teach people horticulture what was most important for me when i interviewed people to see if they understood what they were getting into was the volunteer commitment because that was what I was building was a volunteer base and it was all about you know I didn't want them to just come in the carrot was the education yeah but if all they wanted was the education and they weren't planning to pay back any volunteer service that really wasn't a good investment for me. And the volunteer piece that you wanted and that the original man who started the program wanted was because you need people to go out into the field and look at stuff you need people to answer the phones you need people to go out in the field and well, each county actually bases it on their needs. You know, we have 75 counties in Arkansas, 67 have the program. And each county is going to be different based on their population, their, the calls that come in. 
When I started in Pulaski County in 1980, there were five ag agents. And so each of us had a phone day. Even though I was the horticulture agent, we had another uh, gentleman who was a commercial horticulture agent, but I was all, any kind of horticulture. And so we each had a day on the phone. Well, over time, people started retiring, but Extension started downsizing. So from 1980 to 1992, we went from five ag agents to two. Phone calls did not stop. And, you know, I couldn't get anything done if I was in the office. My record was 158 calls in one day. And, you know, people brought plant samples in for identification for diseases or insects, and it was just overwhelming. So in Pulaski County, and we were the only county that mandated this, but to begin with, you have to pay back 40 hours of volunteer service in a year, which and, is not hard. And that's hard. mostly phone work. Then. Well, and for us, 20 of those 40 had to be answering the phone. So we had a horticulture hotline on Thursdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. And so, but we only had 20 people. So, you know, and we only did it during the gardening season. So late March to early September, mid-October, we would cut it off. But now they have people in the office every day helping. How long does it take to become a master gardener? It's a 40-hour class, so it's usually five weeks. Now, we did offer, and we started something new two years ago, so this coming January will be the third year, is an online class so that people who work or uh, can't take off during the day to come to a a 40-hour class can actually do it at their own pace, and they have three months to do it. So it starts January 1st. Or January second, and then it ends uh, March thirty first. People that 31st. work would be hard to come man the phone and do volunteer hours. Well, though. but it's not mandated to do the phone anymore. Um, they have so many projects. You know, Pulaski County alone has over five hundred master gardener volunteers now. So they have twenty five projects across the county. Is it, and, and so some of them are taking care of. Oh, a lot of them are doing beautiful. gardens. Well, there's things like there's plant therapy programs at Baptist Rehab Hospital. Oh, really? There are school gardens. There's a community garden out at the 4-H Center that's a demonstration garden that they're going to use it with the 4-H kids. They're teaching them how to, you know, how people, they have beehives, they have compost bins, they have vegetables and flowers and fruit. Um, the old state house was the original project in Little Rock, and it's still a master gardener project today. We also used to have a vegetable garden at the zoo. That was our second project in Arkansas. Um, when we had some interesting pest problems, we had wallabies that would get loose and come eat our vegetables. Or, uh, <laughs> But the produce that we grew actually was used to feed the animals at the zoo. And then the governor's mansion. The governor's mansion, they'd have the, the herb garden, vegetable garden there as well. Um, so there's lots of the old mill in North Little Rock, the community center in Jacksonville, um, so they try to have a project in all parts of the counties that they're in. What what do you get the most asked about in Arkansas? Pests, fertilizers? I would say the number one question is pruning. And the number one plant pruning is pruning crepe myrtles. You know, and the funny thing, I did the radio show for 28 years at the call-in show on Saturdays. And this lady called in, and a lot of the calls were the same every week. You know, it would be something similar or very seasonal or cyclic. And so this lady called in and she said, I've been listening to you since you were Janet Bierman. So before I got married. And she said, but I have never heard this question. So we were thinking, here comes a doozy. And she said, when do you prune crepe myrtles? <laughs> Which was the number one question. And, and Russ, we, fell out, we all fell out because, you know, everybody knew the answer to that. My husband, who is not a gardener, could tell you how to prune a crepe myrtle. 
But it really made me realize that until it's your question, you don't listen to the answer. You know, you may be listening to the radio show and listening to those things and reading my columns, but you just kind of read it until it pertains to you. So you can be as repetitious as you want to be. Well, they say you have to repeat things three times before it really sinks in. But again, if you don't have a great Myrtle, why are you paying attention? Mm-hmm. You know, it's in general information. But mm-hmm. once you have one, then all of a sudden, oh, it's important. What about pesticides? They're always in the news. Well, and I think there's a lot of bad information out there. I think there's some very good pesticides. Now, I don't use a lot of pesticides in my garden, but I do use them occasionally. I don't use anything in the vegetable garden, but... I think you've got to feel comfortable, and I think if you use the right product for the right pest, but at the right time and at the right amount, you're going to be fine. You know, they say, especially farmers, they're really using the least amount of pesticides they can because pesticides is money, and that's hitting the bottom line. Mm. Homeowners actually probably overdo because, you know, you hear if a little bit's good, a lot's going to be better. And so you may look at that rate and say, well, if it says to use a teaspoon, I'm going to use a tablespoon. And so when you use the products in the wrong way, you're doing damage. And I think that happens all the time. Um, I also think that if you're out there spraying, like right now, Everybody's worried about mosquitoes because mm-hmm. we've had all this water mm-hmm. and it's standing and we've got a lot of mosquitoes. So those mosquito companies are really coming in and they're spraying the whole yard. Well, it's not just killing the mosquitoes. We're going to hit our, our beneficials as well, our bees and butterflies. So I think we have to find what we're comfortable with. I don't think one person can say this is the only way to garden because gardening is not an exact science. But I think you have to do what's comfortable for you. But good for the environment as well number one mistake home gardeners make probably overdoing Mm, just Um, what you said yeah too much of anything i absolutely am guilty of that well and fertilizer i had one of my favorite stories some good friends of my parents they're long gone but um he retired before his wife did and she had always fertilized the yard and he thought he would surprise her and he found these bags of ammonium nitrate which no home gardener should ever ever use but he saw them in the garage and he thought i'm gonna surprise her and he took all those bags of fertilizer and dumped them on the yard. It looked like it had snowed. Everything died. Oh my you know, plants gosh. don't get fat. They burn up. And so I think, you know, common oh sense should gosh. come in a little bit too. But um, And make sure you have separate sprayers for insecticides and fungicides and herbicides if you're going to use them. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mrs. Janet Carson, horticulture specialist, master gardener, writer of the Travel Food, Lifestyle, and Gardening blog, Planet Janet, and now a travel guide to beautiful gardens around the world. Flagandbanner.com is proud to sponsor Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. The Flagandbanner.com is so much more than a flag store. Housed in a 100-year-old building in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, We offer an old-school shopping experience with free front door parking, friendly clerks, and department store variety. July 4th is right around the corner. Now is the time to decorate your home for the patriotic season. Freshen up your front porch with bunting, full fans, and flags. Bring your old flag into flagandbanner.com and receive $5 off a new one. While there, browse our rustic farm-to-table home decor, patriotic clothing, jewelry, party supplies, and summertime dishware. Add a pop of color to your walkway with our seasonal garden banners and door hangers. Can't make it downtown? 
Don't worry, the internet never closes. You can always browse our website 24-7 and live chat during office hours with customer service representatives that are eager to help you. And if online shopping isn't your thing, call our customer service experts, available by phone six days a week. Quality products, expert service, outrageous support. TheFlagandBanner.com. So much more than a flag store. You are listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Master Gardener and retired Cooperative Extension Specialist, Janet Carson, founder of Planet Janet, TripAdvisor and Garden Guide Agency and blog. Before the break, we talked about Janet's career. We talked about how she's a teacher and how good she does educating all of us, how she's retired, but she's not really retired how she's taking trips, taking people on trips, and we gave the information on if you want to contact her to find out about her trip in this fall coming up or her trips next year. You can uh, look at her, uh, what did you say, on the Arkansas Democrat Gazettes? Your, Every week my email's column. there. It's jcarson at arkansasonline.com. And you can go to flagandbanner.com, and we'll have all her contact info there also. We've got a caller. Oh, hey, Nancy, you're on the air. Have you got a question for Janet? Oh, yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, we are working on our garden, and I've read about a plant, maybe it's a tree, I don't know, I'm not a gardener, um, called Lignum Vitae, V-I-T-A-E, and I just wonder if you know if that will grow, we're actually in South Carolina. Oh my um, goodness, Cause, so spell the first part of it. Lignum, L-I-G-N-U-M, is a Mary, and I've seen it grows in the Caribbean and maybe in the Keys uh, down in South Florida, but it's, um, I know the wood has was used for centuries in shipbuilding and it's a very strong hardy wood, but the flowering um, plants are just really, really pretty. Well, I do not know that plant. I'm trying to think of the Latin. I mean, and I would assume that's the Latin name. They're I, trying to look it up here <laughs> to see if they can find it. Tree, tree of Life, I think it's Tree of Life, which I thought was kind of special. But anyway, just wondered if you know anything about it. So I guess I stumped you. You <laughs> did. Stumped. Oh, you it's did. got pretty purple flowers. Oh, that would not live oh, here. Oh, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. But now there's one that's. it says it's related, Polonia on here. But Lignum, it says Florida Nursery Market. That's not going to work for us. Uh, okay. okay. So what's, do you not- have any idea what your zone is where you're living? I should find out. We just recently moved to Charleston. Well, Charleston is probably going to be an eight or a nine. So you would be a little, we have eight down in South Arkansas, but um, the central part of our state is seven. But those plants that are tropical, like Florida, for us, they're tropical plants. We can grow them for the summer, but they're not going to overwinter. In Charleston, it's going to be a little bit warmer, but it's still not going to be tropical. So I would, I would talk with a local nurseryman there and see if they even sell the plant. I will do it. I've enjoyed your show while Thanks. I'm driving around, but thank you. You're okay. Well. Thanks for calling, Nancy. Good luck. You've done your uh, your stint in your career for 38 years, really solid background, and you told me before the show that you didn't get paid extra for any of that stuff that you did. And let's just list some of the stuff you did. You were a KARN radio, Ask the Expert, for 28 years. Mm-hmm. You were on Channel 4 in the garden. You're on AETN, Today's Garden. You have a weekly column at the Democrat Gazette, and you travel the state doing public speaking, and you took people on trips. None of, I think, I thought this was fascinating. I, getting ready for the show, thought, oh, she's making a lot of side money. You made no side money for that. We worked for the state. You couldn't. In fact, when I started the radio show back, um, I 
guess it was 1984 or something. Uh, we couldn't take money for anything. I mean, it was for we couldn't take money for a workshop, for a fact sheet, for anything. Now that changed over time. So when I started writing for, I wrote for the Arkansas Times for a while too, and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and they paid me. But again, it wasn't. Um, it, a ton of money. It was good, good money for part of it, but they paid extension the money, and so it went into so programmatic they funds. They didn't pay me directly. Yeah. So it went into so I could use it to support my program. So it went into your funds that you could use to do teaching. Well, I could buy equipment. I could buy things. For, you know, you could pay for a meal for volunteers. I had mm-hmm. a lot of volunteers when we were starting the Master Gardener program. We didn't have a statewide advisory group like they do now. Mm-hmm. So uh, you ask people to give up their time, and they're having to travel. So I would try to pay for their hotel rooms and their meals if they were helping me out as an advisory group. or you know. So the money came in handy. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't lost. Any advice to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps of teaching and sharing their horticulture knowledge? How would you start today? Well, I think one of the big – get a degree. First of all, you have to have a degree with extension. You have to. You have to have a bachelor's, and they prefer a master's. And if you're going to go on to the state level, which is my – they really want a Ph.D. now. Um, But I think the main thing is people skills. I think sometimes we get so hung up on the the teaching of the the content manner, which is important, of course. But you've got to be able to communicate that to all different levels. So, you know, you're not out there just talking to Ph.D.s. So we've had speakers that have come on, and they've said – you really need a Cornus, Florida. Well, everybody here knows what a Cornus, Florida, right? No, it's a dogwood. I have no idea. That's a very common. But in in the United States, we do not talk in terms of Latin names. Now you go to England, and they do. They don't talk about common names. In I mean, we're talking not a horticulturist either, just a home gardener. They talk about the Latin name, and in the United States, they don't. So if you have a speaker and they're talking just in Latin words then it's over the top. You're not teaching anybody anything because they don't understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to be able to to write. I think you have to be able to speak. And you have to have communication skills. I think that's probably the most important thing to have success in extension. I think that's a... Uh something you have to have for almost success in anything is to be able to communicate. And I think that's why so many of my guests that come on are teachers. Not trained teachers that went to school but they're able to communicate and tell people what they are doing and build off of that and train people to do stuff around them well they, and my motto is kindness matters i think we've lost that today oh really you know mm. i really think you know it, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice you know i think that, that i wish you, people would read their emails before they send them out if you want to be frustrated and write a dirty email that's fine but erase it before you send it well you know i for, for years we talked about this in my sunday school class when i get mad which doesn't happen very often but when i get mad I write a letter to that person. I don't send it, right. but I write it. And as soon as I get it out, it's like it's cathartic. I can Now, there are times when I do send something a day or two later, but I've rewritten that letter into yes. a much kinder, gentler tone. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, you're an author and a prolific writer. You write for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You said since you've retired, you started writing for AY Magazine. I'm, my first one is coming out, I think, next this month, July. Um, I've been writing for Arkansas Electric Co ops magazine called arkansas living i think that's a huge readership arkansas gardener magazine i still write for it's kind of in turmoil right now i think it's been i think the owners had some health issues so i'm not sure what's what's going on with that Mm -hmm. and you have your weekly column at the democrat democrat gazette and then you have your blog also but you also have written a book called in the garden i've actually written two books oh okay 
the first book was I think 2010. Yep. And my second one was 2016 or 17. It was the first was in the garden, and it's just a compilation of some of the columns. And we tried to pick uh, some of the more common Q and As, and then. I used to write every month uh, what to do in the garden, and that stopped for a while, but we're doing it again, but a, a smaller version. So I do a Q&A every week for the Democrat Gazette, and then I also do the first of the month, we do what's called Breaking Ground, and it's what do you do this month in the garden. And Everybody then, needs that. And then I do a feature story once a month. It's hard to keep up with when to prune what and what to do and when to do it. So you have a way for people to follow your guide in Arkansas? Well, you can get the book, and it's got every month. Month to it, month. It's month to month, what to do in the garden, and then the most common question and answers for that month. Is that the In the Garden 2010 or the 2016 book? That's the 2010, In the Garden. The 2016 book is similar, but it's geared just to fruits and vegetables. In the Garden, I need to tell you this. If you go on Amazon.com, you can buy it for $176. <laughs> you can get it a whole lot cheaper at the Democrat Gazette. <laughs> Is it a typo on Amazon.com? I think it's somebody trying to sell their copy of their book, I guess. I don't know. No. $176 for a paperback? Oh, that's pretty funny. No, you, okay, can, so, you can buy them from the Democrat Gazette. Thank you. They have a Democrat Gazette bookstore that you can go on, and they have them there. I know that some bookstores in town do carry them. I know that um, Historic Arkansas Museum, the gift store down there, they have the book, both of them. Um, Wordsworth used to. I'm not sure if they still do. Uh, the the uh, crown shop in little rock used to have it so you can get it in fact they can tell you where they do have them okay good i will put a link we will do the research and we'll put a link on arkansas flag and banners page too so that people can find out where to get them uh now you're an entrepreneur uh but oh before we move on to your entrepreneurship uh which is your blog and your traveling which we've been really talking about all day are you doing a mystery plant of the day on your blog no i used to i did that for about two years but um i thought that was a clever idea i could start it back up again i'll do it on facebook though but see the blog has changed i started blogging i think back in 2003 or 4 i started blogging with wordpress through extension and we did it because when we went on these trips people would like to know what's happening and so i would take a laptop with me and i would send pictures and i would try to take pictures of as many different people that were with us so their families could follow along and feel like they were on the trip and so then I just kind of got into it. And so when I retired, they're still doing that blog uh, extension because it's about anything that's happening in the state with horticulture. I decided I didn't want to quit blogging. So my new blog, which is Planet Janet, and I tried the planet, but that was already taken. Like and the, then plan like the it, Janet. So, I mean, it was they were very taken. But anyway, so that's what it is. And it's not just gardening. I do a lot of, of gardening, obviously. But I talk about, I'm in a book club. I read a lot. We talk about what books I like. And we talk about, I cook a lot, what foods I like to cook. And I'll share a recipe. Um, and then we have etc on there so and then we entertain a lot so travel all of that's on the blog there are three great horticulturally horticulture this word is messes me it, up. it hurts a lot of people <laughs> it's horticulturalist in the state of arkansas there's peon smith there's janet carson you and then there's olson Chris Olson. Chris Olson. There's a lot of that. There's not just the three of us. There's but a lot of those great are three pretty famous, nationally famous people right here in Arkansas. Are we? Are you competitive? I'm competitive in a lot of things, but I don't compete with Chris or or Alan either one as far as 
everybody has their own thing. I was government. I was extension. And I wasn't trying to go national. And I'm still not trying to go national. I mean, I was on national committees and national boards. And I think Arkansas Master Gardeners are known nationally because we've held two international events. And I would say they're two very successful Master Gardener events. Um, But they have their own venue. In fact, my least favorite thing, which both of them love, is TV. I hate TV. I mean, I've done it for a long, long time, but you spend a lot of time doing even a 30-minute segment. And then if you're not watching it at that minute, now today it's a whole lot different than it was when I started TV. But my very first TV gig was Four Year Garden. Do you remember all the four years for mm-hmm. Channel 4? Mm-hmm. There was Four Year Money, Four Year Health, Four Year... I was Janet Carson, Janet Bierman Carson, Four Year Garden. <laughs> and I mean, it was a 30-minute, I mean, a 30-segment, 30 30-second 30 segment every Saturday at the 6 o'clock news. And we spent a half a day. I'd have to find the location, do the spot go back and do the voiceover, and then they would edit it. And back then, if you didn't see it, you didn't see you it. it. And now they can at least, you know, capture them, and you can go back to the site, and you could rewatch it. Mm-hmm. But back then, you couldn't. So it was a lot of work for a small segment, I thought. How far do you want your entrepreneurship with Plan It? Let me spell that for everybody. P-L-A-N, Plan It, I-T, Janet, uh, uh, and condense it. Planet Janet, is it dot com? Well, if you do Planet, I just found this out last night. If you do planetjanet.com on the internet, it directs you to the Democrat Gazette site for Planet Janet. And then you can see the headings of about, and you can sign up to get the emails. Now, it's not like my old blog, where if you sign up, every time I do a blog post, it emails you immediately. This comes out once a week. On Mondays, that a newsletter comes out from me, and it'll have all the blog posts from that week. It'll also have my column for that week that was in the Saturday paper, if I did a feature story. Now, if you're not a subscriber to the Democrat Gazette, mm-hmm. you can't read the columns. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just see the headlines. But if you're, it doesn't matter if you're a subscriber or not for the blogs. You can read them in their entirety. But there are ads in them, so it's not like my old WordPress blog. It's different. So what's everybody should everybody be doing right now? We water. should all be we it's just rain like crazy. Well, but you know, I had to water and found I found out, you know, I had my sprinkler system redone this spring before I was leaving town, but we didn't have to use it. Well, I had my son help me till a new bed. I turned the sprinkler on and we must have hit the line <laughs> underneath there. So one section is not working, but I have a few plants in full sun and my pots, of course, I'm having to water. Watch for pests. You know, insects are starting to come in. Harvest your vegetables as they ripen. If you have not pruned anything that blooms in the spring, so we're talking it's azaleas. Too late, for, no, you can still do it, but you got to do it this week. You know, I say the cutoff is about the 15th or the middle of June because all of those plants set their flower buds in august september and october i think everybody prunes wrong oh and pruning is you know if you said i'm going to have a talk on pruning or i'm going to have a talk on flowers everybody's going to go to the flowers but everybody needs the pruning because Because they prune the flowers away well if you prune at the wrong time you're usually not going to kill the plant but you might lose the reason you planted it the flowers you might lose the reason you planted it husband grady are you listening now (laughs) because he always wants to prune when it's starting to really grow and get really big he wants to go out there and prune it and i'm like it's doing its thing right now you can't prune now well he could have been one of my callers years ago this gentleman called on the radio show and he said janet my wife's favorite flowers are hydrangeas and he said for her birthday or anniversary or something years ago i planted a whole row of them 
He said they have never bloomed. Mm. And he said, all the neighbors bloom, but ours don't. And he said, if you can't tell me how to make them bloom, I'm taking them out. I said, when do you prune them? He said, I cut those dead sticks to the ground every winter. Well, they have the flowers already in them. I said, don't prune them this year and you'll have flowers. When do you prune them? Well, if they need it, you do it as the flowers start to fade. So right now my pink and blue ones are blooming. So as they start to fade, if they're too large, you take out older canes at the soil line. You don't give them a haircut because they have multiple stems coming from the ground. It's not one trunk that supports the whole thing. Don't you think that's a good rule for everything that blooms? looms trim it as they start to fade if you always do that won't you be safe well i mean if you trim the azalea no be well, safe. well no because hydrangeas and gardenias are the exception to the rule and even in the realm of hydrangeas we're talking about only the big leaf hydrangeas which are the pink and blue ones or the oak leaf hydrangeas so oak leaf hydrangeas big leaf and gardenias bloom in the summer but they turn around and set flower buds in the fall Crepe myrtles, roses, Rose of Sharon, all of those summer bloomers, they typically bloom on the new growth. So we can prune all of those in February before they start growing. But you could safely prune everything. I wouldn't recommend pruning crepe myrtles and roses and all of that in the fall as their flowers are fading at the end of the season. And the reason for that is they can have winter damage. And if you prune them as much as you need to... You might shock them. Well, not that, but you've exposed them. So let's say we have a really cold winter, you've taken their buffer off. There's nothing to protect them. So you could lose the plants to the ground. Should you rake your leaves in the winter, in the fall, or do they protect everything? No, it depends. If you have a lot of oak trees and they're big leaves and you don't rake... It's going to smother what's underneath it. It actually forms such a dense mat that it doesn't allow oxygen in well, keeps water out, and so that's not good for them. Now, I tend to use my mower and rake the, you know, kind of just mow and crush them up. And as long as you can still see grass or you can still see through them, it's fine. So mulch your leaves is the best option. Yes. If you have huge, heavy old leaves and you put them out there over your perennials, or and you're going to kill them. And then in the summer... You have to go in and rake those out, right? Well, what I do is I have a leaf sucker upper thing, and it sucks the leaves up, and it turns it into mulch, and then I can put that right back as mulch. But in the win- even in the, but in the summer when it's time for your grass and everything to start growing, now, not do on you- grass. I don't mulch my lawn, oh, but I do what, oh. mulch my vegetables. I mulch my flowers, my shrubs. I think er- that's one of the best things you can do in Arkansas. It cuts down on how often you have to water because it retains moisture. It modifies that soil temperature. And it helps to keep the weeds at bay. So don't let your oak leaves bunch up around your bushes necessarily, which is what I do. Well, big trees and shrubs, it's not going to be a huge issue. But if you have a heavy layer, you are it's going to be tougher to get water through. I have a fig tree in a pot, and it's got a layer of leaves in there. And I'm having a hard time getting the water through. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm pulling them back and so shredding them up. Everybody has got to get on and read In the Garden 2010. Janet, so that they can figure out exactly when to do everything, because we could talk forever about this. I have enjoyed having you so much. It's been fun. It's gone by fast. I know. I hope you'll come back. Look, a garden banner. Oh, with the state of Arkansas on it. 
I love it. Thank you so very much. You are so very welcome. I keep welcome. a flag out in my garden all the time. I'll well, change it there today. There you go. And it's got the state of Arkansas on it. Thank. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners for spending time with us. And thank you again, Janet. It I was really fun. enjoyed it. Thank you. We hope you've heard. We hope our listeners have heard or learned something that's been inspiring, or that it's been or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select Radio Show, and choose today's guest. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal? to help you live the American dream.